It is so good to see every single one of you. Uh, I want to welcome our Greece campus. I want to welcome those who are joining us online. And I want to welcome all the parents and grandparents that are having their kids dedicated here today. Oh, yeah, it is spectacular. So excited. Listen, I just want to take a moment. Um, uh, I'm so glad that I believe we are seeing the end of the road with this COVID pandemic that we have been through. Yeah, come on, I, I really do believe it. And I want to thank our church family and friends and everybody for your patience in this season. It has been a complicated, complex journey for all of us. And we have just made another update. But I just want to give just some context very quickly for you to just understand that these decisions are very, very complex and complicated. From the beginning um, of time, we have always said that Scripture says everything you do, let it be motivated by love. And the decisions always went through the love filter, love for our church community and for our city, people in and out of church, God's image bearers. Then we also have a love for our medical community, our doctors and nurses, healthcare workers, uh, mental health workers. And we know that the decisions we make may impact uh, the amount of work that they have got to deal with. And by the way, there is so many of you that have been serving so well, and we want to thank you in this season for it. And then there is our love, yeah, our love for uh, the vulnerable in our community, realizing among us are people that actually still wakes up and they go for a run. I don't know why. And then there are people that are vulnerable, um, that are sitting with chronic illnesses, and we always want to keep everybody in mind. And then on the other side, there is always the complicated side of a larger church, and there are four churches in Rochester that we have been walking with closely, because um, there is a difference between a church with a hundred people and a church with thousands of people. And I want you to just sketch the side that we understand that there's New York state legislation and requirements, CDC guidelines, and then we have direct counsel from our medical community. Dr. Angela is the head of infectious disease at Strong's, and she has been so amazing to just keep us um, on the front end. And the ripple effect of these things, whether we turn our back on them, is that there's insurance liabilities, there's bank covenants, because the Father's house still carries a loan on this building, which means if we violate the bank covenants and there are some liability issues, that they can jack up the interest rate real quick, and that creates a lot of problem. And then there's legal action around negligence to comply when it comes to big churches. And I want you to know all these things are factors that we prayerfully consider. We walk in wisdom and in the counsel of many. And the decisions that we have made, even as this next season, was made with that. But I believe that we're going to see fast moving. And every Monday we come together and we find the best way to compromise. Because here's what I want to say. The last mile is always the longest. Always the longest. But can I ask 
that you endure and be patient, that you don't disconnect from a family that loves you so deep because you've just had enough. Trust me, last year in April, I've had enough. I get enough real quick because I have missed seeing all of you. But just know that we make decisions with much complexity, but be of good cheer. We are almost through this journey. So keep praying, keep loving, keep working together. And I know the Lord's going to see us through. Uh, then last thing that I want to share with you, an uh, upcoming um, engagement event. They're going to put a slide up on the screen. Now, you know, I've shared with you that I believe that um, the Lord has been uh, speaking um, directly to my heart, not audibly, but that the season we are in, you know, your pastor loves to preach. If Anaji gets on the organ, there is something that happens to me like when you catch a bass or you see a good dress. That right there, oh, I can feel shouting coming up from the bottom of my feet. You, I, I, you, you can give me any topic and I can, I can go down right now. Oh, man. That right there, I can smell sawdust in a tent. I grew up in these things, right? But sometimes when you preach and, and you in, and just engage that, it comes predicated on the people you're preaching to has been schooled and taught in the things you're preaching on. But I believe in this season that the Lord is, is directing us to relay the foundation of truth, Scripture, of understanding. You say, I, I know that. No, no, no. You know, revelations doesn't come from old knowledge. Revelation comes from a fresh digging into God's Word. That's why I said, would you bring your Bibles? We're going to turn up the lights, bring a notebook, because the distance between my ears is far shorter than the distance from my hand to my heart. And when we make notes um, and we go home and meditate on it, that's when God does this internal growing in our heart. So if you feel that there is a tone change with your pastor, it's because of this. But now check out this event. Last week I preached my heart out and my son Caleb is such an incredible gift to me. He's so gifted in what he does and, and he can be honest. And he came into the room, he says, Dad, you preach four messages in one. You're killing the people. They can only take one thing home. I go like, but Caleb, there's so much to say. He says, Dad, there is a new way that we can do this. So on um, June the 8th and June the 9th, we have an online engagement that we've done with prayer. Before, we have over 250 people that joined that conversation. And we're going to keep it online at home so you don't have to drive in for now. But on those two nights, we're going to engage in more solid teaching and spending more time focusing on the topic and sitting with questions and conversations. And we're going to send you notes. If we can get that slide back up, I want to encourage you to register for this so that we can send you the notes and you can grow in your faith because the Bible says the entrance of God's Word brings life. He says, your Word is like honey on my lips. It's like sweet water to your soul. So today, I have limited time, and my job is to literally take a Kobe steak and rub it across your lips 
and tell you I'll see you online as we begin to break down the Word of God because it is impossible for me to teach and lay down deep foundations with the 31 minutes that I have left. Is that a deal? Is that cool? Awesome. So today I'm going to be speaking on the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Last week we spoke about who the Holy Spirit is. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit, it is so important. And the very first scripture we're going to engage in is the book of John chapter 16, verse 7. John 16, verse 7. And I'm going to invite you to read it out loud. And Najee, I love you so much. Just keep playing that piano. It makes me so happy. Um, John 16, verse 7. Jesus is speaking. He says this. Come on. But I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, comforter, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, the standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. First of all, I love the word close fellowship. Greece campus, everybody. You know why? Because he's not a God that's off far. He's a God personal and up close. I said it to you last week. I want to remind you that religion wants to tell us that God lives in buildings, brick and mortar. People walk in a place and say, can you feel it? No, if nobody is in this, God has no interest to sit in empty buildings of brick and mortar. You know when you feel it? When you who have surrendered your life and live in relationship with God enters the building, what you are feeling is the very presence of the Holy Spirit that you bring into the building because He has a desire to be up close and personal and intimate with you. And listen, you don't have to work for it, earn it, and you don't have to play perfect God knows that we are cracked humans living with our feet in the dust. He, that's why He gave us the Holy Spirit. He didn't give the Holy Spirit to some people, but He said to those who believe, I will ask the Father and He will give you the Holy Spirit. So in our gathering online, you will find out about the helper, comfortable. Comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, teacher, guide of truth, fruit producing in us. He's the giver of spiritual gifts to each one of us to build up the body of Christ. Oh, and I love this. He is the yoke breaker because the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I want to say this to those of you who, who are walking through life and there are things that that holds you back. It's like a bungee cord is tied to you with certain things that are in secret. Every bit of help that you get is wonderful, but there is one who can break the yokes of slavery over us, and that is the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk about just four parts of the Holy Spirit today. The very first is the comforter. Come on, everybody. Every campus, can you shout comforter? Comforter. You know what's so awesome about kids? And maybe I'm generalizing. But, but really, uh, we, have, we had a daughter and then a son. And, and, I'm, and I'm so excited because 
Um, for the first, when my son was born, I, I shared it with you before, my wife was nursing the kids, and then at night, I would take the kids into the nursery and give them a bottle. And then my wife says, why are they not drinking? Why can't I nurse the kids? I just get quiet. I just want to be in the game. You know what I mean? I just want to be part of this beautiful journey. But something happened with sons at the age 11, 12. They come to the dad like a cannonball. All of a sudden, you it. But it's interesting when they get hurt, where do they go? They go to the arms of mama. Why? Because there is no comfort like the arms of a mother. Now listen, there are two things that you and I perpetually crave for and anticipate. The very first thing is you and I fear future misery. Come on, let me be honest with you, everybody online. How many of you hate Monday problems? Come on, wave at me. If you don't know what Monday problem is, raise your hand. I'm going to pray that God will just show you what Monday problem is. Come on, how many of you know this? Monday problems. And when it happens, it feels like it's the end of the world. They're like, why, 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 why? I hate problems. It's out of my control. But how many of you know, if you have lived long enough, you've got to tell somebody, get used to Monday problems. They come on Mondays regularly. But you've got to understand that not only do we fear the uncertainty of the future and the voice telling us that we have demise in the future, we also crave happiness and peace. Every single human, listen, for some of you, if I had to go to your Amazon account and look at your orders, some of you, we try to purchase peace and joy. And we realize we are just searching for those things. But do you know that Scripture says this in the book of Isaiah, chapter 44? It's an Old Testament prophet, and he is speaking something here, but he is pointing to what will happen in the future and who will be an answer to what we are seeking. So let's read Isaiah 44, verse 2, and we're going to read a portion of this. He says, The Eternal One made you who formed you in the womb and promised to help you, has this to say. Come on, shout it out. Don't be afraid. Thank you for that enthusiasm. Come on, everybody. Can you just say, don't be afraid? How many of you know that means absolutely nothing when you're afraid? When somebody says, just chill out. Oh, I will hurt you. I'm triggered. I can, I can just kill a bull right now. Don't tell me to calm down when I'm not calmed down, right? Because you saying calm down is not helping the problem. But you know what God says in verse 3? I will pour out my spirit on you and your children. Don't be afraid. Oh, you know what makes this so fantastic? When you realize we serve a big, powerful God. Listen, oh, we need the organ right now. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. They were standing in the fire. Right? Right? And the, and the king, the soldiers were burning up, and they go like, why? I say, why? I say, why? Are you not afraid? You know what they say? Greater is he that is within me than he that's in the world. When I walk through the fire, I'm not alone. When I walk through the valley, he's the God of the valleys. He's the God of the mountains. Hey, 
When I go through the river, I may get wet and float around, but I ain't gonna drown. For God is for me, He's already gone before me. His Spirit holds me. His loving kindness is behind me and over me. You see, if the enemy can just stop convincing you that God is against you and not for you, you see, because I'm here to tell you that God is for you in your standing, in your drifting, in your believing, in your doubting, in your succeeding, in your failing. He is the God that is with you. And, and that's why on a Monday, man, I am a slow start on a Monday. I'm angry at the face in the mirror. And I know Monday problems are coming, but you know, maybe we need to just realize that grumpiness is not sexy. It's not helpful, and we need to look that person in the mirror and say, aren't you glad that God is with you through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? But then there is something else that we seek is joy. We seek peace. Listen how Isaiah said it. He says in verse 3, I will pour out my spirit. Verse 3 says, like a devoted gardener, listen to the rich, rich speech I will pour sweet water, water on your parched land, streams on hard packed places. Come on, how many of you know dryness? How many of you know cracked soil in your life? He says, and I will let my blessing flow to your descendants, and they will sprout among the grass, grow vibrant and tall, like the willow trees lining a riverbank. You know what Romans 5:13 says. Come on, let's read it out loud. I pray that God, the source of all, can I just lean into this moment and say this? There is only one source of hope that will never disappoint. Therefore, can I encourage you, don't put your hope in your life partner. Don't put your hope in your children. Don't put your hope in any government or any president, even though they are there. Don't put your hope... Don't put your hope in me. I will graciously fail you. I, I listen. Put your hope in God, and He will infuse your life with the abundance of joy and peace in the midst of your faith, so that your hope will overflow through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let me invite you, Greece Campus Online in this place, wake up tomorrow morning, look in the mirror and say, Holy Spirit, I invite you to take this old saggy body of mine and fill it with hope and joy. Even if Monday problems come, I'm not alone. You are with me, oh God. No matter what life demands in every transition, you are with me, oh God. Fill me with joy and fill me with hope. Oh, I love that. The second thing that he is, is he's a helper. He's a helper. Now, the word for helper is a strange word. And I don't want to impress you by telling you I know how to pronounce this one. It's parakletos. Um, that's a Greek word. But I've got to help you to understand because there is, there is theology that I just want to bend right again. Because a parakletos is someone called alongside someone else to help. The best way that you can have a, a picture image of that is when you hurt your leg and you cannot walk on your own. And somebody comes alongside of you and they support your weight 
and together you are able to walk. The Holy Spirit has been called as your helper, your aid to help you walk. He's not going to walk for you. You, you can't say, I've had enough. Holy Spirit, you got to do what you got to do. No, 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 no. He's not going to run ahead and drag you like a bull to the next season. He's going to come alongside of you and say, lean on me. We're going to walk together through this tough season. That's why I've been in services where they say, Holy Spirit, just take over. The Holy Spirit doesn't take over. He come alongside when we're tired and it helps us worship. He comes alongside when you're tired and you're planning a Disney vacation right now as I'm sowing the seed and he just jokes you back in the moment because he knows if the seed falls in your life, the enemy will lose his grip and power over you. He is a helper and here's the part that I want you to know and this is the one I love and it feels like it needs an organ. He's the one that gives you divine strength in hard times. Can, oh, do I have anybody in this place that have been through hard times? Anybody in this place that are in a hard time? Can, can I tell you, when you go through a hard time, you are not alone. I don't know the rest of the lyrics, otherwise I would have sang the song. So all I know, you are not alone. You are not alone. Your husband walked out on you, you're not alone. Your children are calling home, you are not alone. There's an impasse in your marriage, you are not alone. Uh, you're a young adult looking at life and, and the culture, you are not alone. You feel you fail more than you succeed, you are not alone. <laughs> you, you stand, you go like, what is life all about? You are not alone. The Holy Spirit is a helper. Ask Him for help. My wife is a master delegator. Every night I wait for it. She's in bed. I'm always the last one on my feet. I try so hard to be in bed first because if she's in bed first, she says, can you do me one favor? How many knows the lie of that? Then I do the one favor. She says, while you're on your way, can you just do this? And since you're doing that and that, can you just go and do this? And then there's a fly in the house. I cannot sleep unless you bring me the carcass of that body. Because he's going to come and sit on me. And he's just going to vomit over my face and deteriorate my skin. Uh, uh, she's a master helper. I am the opposite. I don't ask for help at my own detriment. Here's my question. I don't think we ask help of the Holy Spirit to our own detriment. We cannot do it on our own. We cannot do it on our own. So the third thing is he's a teacher. He's a teacher. It's so amazing when you go through life and life goes fast. It's amazing how much experience in life. Oh, I, I, I've got this phrase. And if you hear it anywhere else, it doesn't. Churchill didn't say it, I said it. If you've never been through a storm, you will run from rain. Can I say it again? If you've never been through a storm, you will run from rain. Oh, when I have pastors on the phone that just got, gets in the ministry, the first time they run into church gossip, they feel it's the end. I go like, oh, it's not even a matchstick. 
It's nothing. The Lord's going to sustain you. How many parents, your kids are freaking out, and you go like, I can help you. I've been through this. I can guide you. That's why young adults, can I tell you the best gift that you can give yourself is to buy somebody with gray hair an expensive cup of coffee and ask them questions. The Bible says gray is the glory of wisdom. Even though I've met some not nice, not wise gray people, I ain't dying my hair. It's the glory of wisdom because they can save you some pain. Come on, all the gray people, shout yeah. I can save you some pain. So can the Holy Spirit. So can the Holy Spirit. He says this in John 14, 17. The friend is the spirit of truth. Then in John 14, 26, he says, when the Father sends the spirit of holiness, and I want you to hold that, he will teach you all the things in my name. This is the most important part. And he will inspire you to remember what I have told you. Now, now, guys, let me, family, not guys, guys, girls, everybody, family of God, friends. I cannot remind you of anything you have never heard. Reminding is the act of rekindling what's already on the inside. Because the Holy Spirit, as a teacher, I can tell you this, can never find a resting place when we live a life of habitual lies and deception. I'm just going to lay it out there. Because you see, he cannot associate with that. Because it's a spirit of truth that I feel I just need to say this. This is not magical I believe there's somebody that's hearing my voice right now. You think the only way to make money is to tell half-truths, and I'm here to challenge you and say, I want to challenge you to tell the truth and nothing but the truth, so help you, Jesus, and you will see the favor of God bring increase to whatever you think cannot grow without deception. Because he will lead you, never, never lead you to something contrary to what God has said in his word. I've had so many times in my life where somebody says, uh, Pastor, uh, I think I'm going to divorce my spouse. Why? Because the Holy Spirit just told me I picked the wrong one when I started. I was young and stupid. And I go like, no, he will never do that because God has already spoken on that. Because, church, can I just look at you and tell you, the Word of God, I don't have the right to, to the of opinion, personal opinion, to what God has already said. All I have, I can be challenged by what God has said. I can investigate it, but my opinion cannot alter what God has said. Because that is why the, the, the tension in our culture is to bring Scripture down to ordinary equal writing to every human on the planet. And the Bible says every word in Scripture is God-breathed and is alive. So even the parts we don't understand, it is okay not to understand. That's why He's God and we are people. But the Holy Spirit is a teacher, and He wants to help you. And, and that's why you've just got to incubate on the Word of God. If you don't understand it, don't say, that's why I don't read it. 
That is just so not smart because at the end of the day, sometimes when you incubate and ask his help, something comes alive and in your heart, and then he will remind you of what you have read. Have you ever had the experience we are dealing something with something in life that's really complex, and all of a sudden, you remember a scripture that you have read before, and all of a sudden, this scripture is so relevant to what's going on. That is the activity of the Holy Spirit. The more you read, the richer the conversation that He can remind you of. And that's why I want to encourage you to read Scripture so that the Holy Spirit can influence your life with reminding you. Because the Word of God is not black letters on white paper. And in the King James, New King James, red words on white paper it is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let's embrace that, and here's the last one. I love this one, Anaji. Because you see, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes to seal us. Uh, Greece campus, uh, a, um, Andrea mentioned identity. Because we all as people carry an opinion of ourselves formed by the words of others. Think about it. Whatever you see in the mirror was created by the affirmations or the torpedo of other people. And that's what makes words so powerful and that's what makes us such powerful agents of God's restorative grace. That's why gossiping and judging is so futile because there's a whole world that will break you down, but God calls us to build each other up because the words that you speak, you know, my wife, you may not know this, you see me on stage, but you don't truly know with what I battle and struggle and insecurities but whatever what said by people, emails that are written, and I have a very tender heart. So whenever you write me, write carefully. I have a very tender heart. When she looks me in my eyes and she says, baby, you know you're the best preacher. I know I'm not, but I always say, I know. <laughs> baby, you know that you love the family of God. Baby, you know you're going to walk through this. You're not going to fail. You're going to stand. God's going to give you strength. You know what that does on the inside of me? It forms and shapes me. Now the Bible says that God has sealed us. What does that mean? Whenever a letter was sent from a king, he would put his seal on, which means that the content of that letter carries the authority and the presence of the king. You don't take the king's letter and you put it with ordinary mail. When you receive the letter, you know the presence of the king, the thoughts of the king, the decree of the king. All of the king is inside with a seal. And you know what scripture says, and this is my last scripture. Ephesians 4.30 says, the Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Christ until you and you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take Him for granted. Let me just speak on seal. I'm done.
to make people believe that Caleb, you guys can take the podium. It's a Christmas miracle. So he sealed us. I worked on, a, on an agricultural farm when I was in my young 20, 22, was part of some deal. And then what was so interesting, lamb season for all the farmers and people working with animals. One of my funnest things is when it's, when the lambs are born in the season, it's like all the ducks in Rochester, it's everywhere, right? There's so many of them, it was a sheep farm in a big part. I would literally walk through the moms and her babies and I would scatter them all. Not maliciously, gently, gently, gently. And then you begin to hear, meh, 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 meh. And I stand and watch. And every baby knows the cry of the mom. And every mom knows the cry of the baby. And there's 400 sheep. You know why? Because they've been marked, sealed. Listen, when the enemy looks at you, he doesn't see a human. He sees the seal of the Holy Spirit on you. He knows you are God's possession. And can I tell you, God is jealous over his possessions. You are not alone. I don't know why the Holy Spirit is just bringing this up. You are not alone. You've been marked, marked by God with love. You've been marked. You marked. You marked. You marked. If you feel alone, just say, thank you, Holy Spirit. I have been sealed. I am not forgotten. God doesn't cast me out. I have been marked with a seal of acceptance and love by God Almighty. But then he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And next week, we're going to be talking about a life that God says, heaven is my home, the earth is my footstool. Then he says, where is this house you will build for me? Earth, who of you will hear the cry of my heart? Oh, I love this part. Where will my resting place be? Oh. My wife's in the front seat, that's why I can do this today. My wife's got the most tender, gentlest of hearts. Wherever she goes, people love her so deep because she's so tender and disarmed. But it comes at a very high price for me. Because personally, I was young, I bought a surround sound for the house thinking I'm doing her a favor. I switch it on, she says, what are you doing? It's hurting me, it's too loud. When I eat cereal at 2 a.m. in the morning soaked in milk, she comes sleepwalking and she says, why do you have to chew like a horse in the middle of the night? You chew so loud. I can't even hear myself chew. When we speak and we have a disagreement, I've got a whisper. She says, stop shouting at me. When I was young and stupid, I said, I'm going to demonstrate shouting. <laughs> she says, it's not your voice, it's your words. The Holy Spirit rests among people 
who understand the gentleness of the nature of God. And next week, we're going to talk about those things because the way that I can destroy my marriage is to buy a Mustang. Every time I go out the driveway is let the tires screech for me never to wash my hands and never clean my nails. For me to shout at her and be harsh at her. It will destroy her because her nature cannot deal with that. We've got two lovely, beautiful dogs. We woke up, they sleep in our bed every night. Big stinking dogs. Never thought it would happen this way. Sometimes I turn around to hug my wife and there's a white dog lying on the pillow next to me. You say, how is this relevant with the last two minutes? It is relevant. Because we started waking up with flea bites. What do you think we did with the dogs? Hug them? Oh no. I bought flea collars as big as car tires. I want to hug you. But there's something on you that's hindering my love. And we will discover next week the Holy Spirit wants to be with you. But if we don't understand, if we invite the fleas of things that grieves him, it stands in the way. But I want to leave you with this. God has sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in you. And I want to invite you, if it's okay with you, to set your hands just like this on your lap and campuses. If you're our guest and you go like, this is weird and everything you said is weird, you don't have to do nothing. I'm so thankful that you are here and I understand. No desire to make you uncomfortable. I'm just gonna ask them just to give us one and a half minutes of just gentle silence and dimming the lights and make this song the prayer of your heart. Say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what my heart longs for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Now I want you to think about it. You're not singing that because you're sitting in church. You are singing that because you are the temple in which he lives. So don't sing it with others in mind. Sing it with you as his temple in mind. Can you do that? Just whisper this. Say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. Lord, I'm going to pass you Pastor Luke. Bless you, Greece Campus Online, and just stay with us in this moment. Your presence, Lord. 
oh Father. Let us become aware of the gift of your Spirit. Let us become aware of the, the indwelling of the reality of a living God. In a world of busyness and a culture that so easily dismiss the activity of God, may we be a people that welcome the gift of heaven. Thank you for loving us the incomplete self. We love you. We love you, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen.